welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I am recording this for YouTube, so for those of you watching, obviously I'm talking to you uh, via video, but those of you who are listening to me, you're not seeing me, and hopefully you can hear me. I'm trying all these new things out, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have this really fancy microphone. And um, my phone, I've always just recorded by holding my phone up to my face and talking into it, which is really lovely. However, it picks up all the background noise. And so I'm just trying all these different things, and I'm trying to produce good product for you guys. Um, I've had so many podcast ideas brewing for a while, and I just have not taken the time to sit down and actually put together podcasts. Um, Lots of stuff have been going on here in my life. It's always kind of a hot fever dream um, in the best way, but it's been really, really crazy, and it's been awesome, but it's kind of been a, a situation of trying to figure out where to focus my time and where to focus my energy based on the resources I have and the things I'm trying to build. So um, I'm building the Kristen Experience, which is my membership site that's launched. That's really exciting. So if you're interested in having me, Kristen, your coach, with you all the time, that's a really awesome program that I'm finally just, I'm so excited. It's been my passion and um, I've been building it very slowly. Again, one of those things where I've had to prioritize the things that I'm launching in order of importance as far as meeting the needs that I have and the membership and the group coaching programs that I've put together they've all kind of been birthed around the same time but this membership program is my baby and um, I'm so excited about it so if you love all things Kristen and you love the things that I've taught especially here on the podcast then you're gonna love the Kristen experience because it's all of me in one place so it's a subscription program it's $99 a month to start And basically you get um, a customized nutrition plan. So you're going to send me information and I'm going to send you your calories and your macros. Then I'm going to teach you about macros because in my opinion and in my coaching practice and in everything that I do, um, macronutrient-based eating is the way to a body composition and a healthy lifestyle that, that works. And so if you're here to get coaching on keto or paleo or vegan or plant-based, um, vegetarianism, all of those things. I can sort of coach um, under those guidelines, but ultimately um, it's going to be really tough because I simply believe in the power of balancing your calories, balancing your macros according to your goals, and it just works. It's science. So you will get a calorie plan, a macronutrient plan, and then you're going to get all the stuff that I do, which is mindset coaching, which is teaching you about who you are, self-love, the book club, uh, all of the things that I love and that I teach, my personality, workouts. There's going to be a workout library. Right now, it's just um, PDFs and photos you can put on your phone, which are awesome. Photos on your phone of a workout. So when you're in the gym, you can just open your camera roll and have a workout list right there for you. Or if you're at home, you can do them as well by printing them or looking at them. So, But they will be a workout library. Um, my podcast will be put there as well so you can get access to that. So everything that I do, uh, motivation mantras, recipes, hacks, all that stuff. So that has been birthed and I'm so proud of it. Ah! 
so exciting. Um, so that's launched. And then the group programs that I do, I'm wrapping one up here at Thanksgiving and starting another holiday season one. And then after the first of the year, for everyone who wants to start out with 2022, not just with New Year's resolutions, but who are willing to say 2022, I'm not going to quit midway. I'm not going to quit in February. I'm committing to an entire year of showing up for myself. Because guess what? That turns into an entire lifetime of showing up for yourself. And it starts with making a commitment and starting on day one. And so I'm really excited about that. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me as well. This is turning into a commercial, which I guess it's my podcast. I get to do that. Um, anyway, so those programs, um, it's just my heart and my soul. Everything that I get to do um, lights me up so much. Um, so also the boot camp, as you can see, if you're watching, I'm wearing my Miami Beach boot camp t-shirt. The boot camp, I'm looking out my window right now at the ocean. What is my life, you guys? I used to live in Minnesota. And now I just turned my gaze from my camera and I'm looking at waves crashing onto an ocean, onto a beach. I'm looking at 64th Street Beach and um, the lifeguard stand where uh, Miami Beach Boot Camp was born and where there are classes there seven days a week. And now I have enough coaches where I don't ever have to coach there. Every single class is covered by an amazing, amazing, talented, terrific coach. And now I'm going down to 21st Street Beach starting this coming week to start classes there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday to start location number two for our Miami Beach Boot Camp which is so exciting because um, they're great workouts, if I do say so myself. And they're all donation-based because it's public property, so I can't charge. But it's beautiful because people can just show up and experience the sunrise on the beach and move their bodies. The end. So the workouts are amazing. Our community is amazing. Right here at 64th, we have a lot of people who come every day. And I expect to cultivate a community like that as well at 21st, but also 21st Street is near, closer to South Beach. And so like the W Hotel and the One Hotel are right there. So more tourists, more people who are in town for just a weekend in Miami Beach will get to have the experience of working out on the beach while they're in town. I'm so excited. This is what I've been envisioning for a long time and haven't been able to really execute until I had the right people in place to also run our 64th Street location with our faithful people here. So that's the latest with what's going on in Miami Beach and with the Kristen experience and all the things Kristen. So what I want to talk about today is um, a very precious topic to me. And some of you who have not listened to the podcast before may not um, have context right off the bat. So I'm going to give you a little bit of context. And this might be a review for some of you who've been faithful podcast listeners. But my story um, that I've shared here and the story of my life is that I was raised in um, a very religious home. I was raised in a religious cult. And um, my mother would argue that it's not a cult. In fact, it hurts her feelings when I call it a cult, um, which I feel bad that that hurts her feelings. However, um, you know, if it hurt her feelings that I called a bird a bird, I would still call the bird a bird. Um, our church was evangelical and it was a cult because we were not allowed to leave. If we left, we were excommunicated. Um, there was a very, very strict lifestyle code that everyone adhered to that was basically written by the pastor, although not so much the pastor, but the pastor's wife and daughters. And basically we were not allowed to participate in the world. 
So um, we didn't wear pants. We didn't have media, no TV, no uh, magazines. We didn't go to movies. We didn't listen to secular music. And we only associated with the people in the church. So it was a closed system. And uh, when we went out of town, we had to tell the pastor. The pastor knew everything about everybody's life. Um, and, and basically, we were controlled by the pastor. And when God told him something, he brought it to the people. And then that was expected to be adopted by everybody. So um, that's a cult. Especially when, if you leave, you're excommunicated. Um, my childhood consisted of you know, different people in our church leaving for various reasons, and then they were bad and labeled as terrible, and my, I wasn't allowed to speak to them, and they were just basically, like, ostracized. And so you knew that if you left, you were excommunicated, and you lost every everything, essentially. Um, so that's why it's called cult, because it is. Anyway, so I was raised in this, um, and my, my dad is an ordained minister. Um, he went to Bible school. And um, my parents found Christianity, uh, I think, right around the time they got married. I'm not sure the timeline, but my parents are very devout, um, born-again Christians, which I don't have any issue with. never had any issue with that. Um, but they found the church, it was called Gospel Fellowship, um, when, shortly after they were married. And um, raised all of us kids in this church my whole life. And because of that, the... Our, our household and growing up was very difficult in a lot of different ways. Um, I've, I've often talked to my mom about it since she found this podcast to say, you know, it was a different experience for you, mom and dad, because you found this as adults and you chose it and you chose to live a life in this cult as adults. That is different than being born into an environment where that is all that you know and everything that you are hearing in church is presented to you as fact and you don't know anything else it's different and i don't think i don't think anyone set out to damage anyone but it ended up being very damaging not just to me but to the entire generation of kids that grew up in that cult church as it always is because we weren't taught to think for ourselves we weren't taught to make decisions we weren't taught to question in fact we were taught it was evil and terrible to question and so it resulted in a whole bunch of young people adults who didn't know how to function in the world at all and um it is very damaging a lot of the people that i grew up with i don't really know where some of them are but the the stories of their lives are very tragic because when you when you do decide to leave you have no idea you know that you want to reject this crazy life that you were raised in, but you don't know then what you do believe, and you don't know how to make decisions or suss anything out because you've never taught, been taught critical thinking. So that just leads to a lot of issues. <laughs> and so, you know, the story of my life, I'm, I met uh, my first husband in college online and married him just to get out of the system of control married him and went into another system of control and had a, a relationship and a life with him that was terrible and um, abusive and awful. Um, and I've I blamed a lot of the issues and things that I've had in my life on the cult church. And because my dad was very passive, my mom was the one who really kept us there. My mom was the, the disciplinarian, the, the leader in our house, the strong hand. And so I've talked a lot about the pain and the anguish that I've had in my life and the things I've had to get over and a very difficult relationship with my mom. 
And so what I want to talk about today is the healing and the redemption of that. Because I've talked a lot about my mom in this podcast and um, the difficulties I've had with, with my relationship with her. And now my relationship with her is totally different. And there's been massive healing and beauty. And I'm so happy about it. And it's, it just seems like, okay. And when I talk about it a little bit, people say, wait a minute, I've listened to your podcast. And, you know, what? what? And I say, yeah, you know, I actually owe it to you who've been listening to hear the trajectory of this healing because nobody has been more surprised by any of it or blessed or loved or loves it more than, than me. I'm, I'm so excited and so happy about this. So when I moved, um, to Miami a year ago, um, it was after I had had a difficult period of time after my divorce, my second divorce. And I really felt like my whole family had abandoned me because they did. They sided with my second um, husband, um, who's alcoholic and, I had not told them the details of what was going on. And so when I finally decided to leave that relationship because it was dangerous to me and it was dysfunctional and my husband needed help and he wasn't going to get it if I stayed, my family was surprised because I never shared anything with them, which was my mistake. But instead of trusting me, they chose to question me, believe a bunch of BS about me, and and support him. And um, I was very, 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 very very hurt by that. Um, so I closed off and I basically retreated and lived completely. I cut everyone off. I was, I felt betrayed and I just thought, you know what, I've got to rebuild my life. I got married a second time thinking it was my happy ending. It was my fairy tale. I had no idea that it was going to, I was devastated. The end of my second marriage was one of the, it was hard, it was heinous. And I've been through some heinous things, um, but just such a blow to my belief of what my life would be. And so I retreated into my own little world and I took care of myself and I cut everybody off, including my family, because, I, you know, I learned the only person who's going to take care of me is me. Anyway, and so it cost me a lot. Um, it cost me a lot. So I moved down here and um, fell in love with life here. And um, when I started building the boot camp and I was really excited about it and I shared it with my family, um, they were not that interested and it was really hard for me. I had a really hard time. Um, I was like, what, what do I have to do to get my family to like think nicely of me? You know, I lost all of this weight and I changed my life and I felt like I got heckled by them and, and it went from being, you know, that I, I was overweight and it didn't bother anybody to, oh, Kristen's losing weight. That's great. And then once I like started to get really healthy and fitness and lifestyle became, my lifestyle became a really big focus. Then I was getting ridiculed. And then I left my husband and it was like, oh, Kristen now is running around and cheating. And then I moved to Florida and it's like, oh, Kristen's too good for us. And then Kristen's running beach boot camp. And oh, now all she does is run around on the beach and prayed herself on the ocean. And I was like, what do I have to do to get anybody in my family to see me as like a non, non-threatening person? I just wanted them to be proud of me. And um, last winter, um, I had told my family, I was like, I'm building this boot camp and we did this photo shoot and it was so exciting. And I showed it to my family and they were very not impressed and it hurt my feelings. And then I decided to leave my day job and go all in with my coaching business and my boot camp. And I point blank said to my mom on the phone, I said, I'm doing this. And I really just 
I really want, I really hope you're proud of me. And she said, is that what you want me to say? And I was crushed. I was devastated. And it wasn't until I talked to my then coach, Mike Bledsoe, who said, do you make yourself proud? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, then that's all that matters because you can make everybody else proud. And if you don't make yourself proud, it's worthless. And that's what changed everything for me. I stopped trying to get my family to be proud of me, specifically my mom, and just said, no, I make myself proud. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do all of this. And I laid that down. And I built my first coaching program called Second Story. And the point of the program was to say, you know, we all have our first story with food. We're passive. Um, the traditions in our home are presented to us with food. Um, our parents come to together and have a family and they've got their own history with food, their own relationship with food. They bring it to the table, no pun intended. And, and as we grow up with food, we are passive to our first story with food. Is it used as comfort? Is it used as a bartering tool? Is it used as celebration? Is it used as a coping mechanism? Is food withheld because we're bad? Is food rewarded to us because we're good? That first story d dictates often our adult relationship with food. And when we end up with a dysfunctional relationship with food where we're overeating or like me, nighttime eating, boredom eating, um, overeating to 400 pounds, um, we sit down and say, okay, I want to lose weight. Well, guess what? It's not easy because we have a lifetime of this relationship with food that we didn't, we're not, we, were, we weren't complicit. It happened to us essentially. But now we write a second story. We get to say, I want a healthier body. I want to feel good in my skin. I want to stop fighting food and feeling food shame. So how do I do that? Well, we have to write a second story with our relationship with food and we have to be intentional about it. And so I started this program, The Second Story, and I started talking to people, I want to help you write your second story with food. And my mom reached out to me and said, will you coach me? And I thought to myself, no. No, no, no. Because you're not proud of me, and I'm not having you anywhere near this thing that I'm doing, because I'm really proud of it. And no. That was my first instinct. And then she asked me again, and I thought about it a lot. And I thought, well... You know, I, I, it'll be a chance for me to talk to my mom, not as my mom, but as a client. So I told her, I said, yeah, you can be in my program and no, you're not going to pay me for it. Um, but I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to call you Barb and I'm going to be hard on you and I'm going to coach you like I would coach anyone else. But yes, I'd love to have you. And um, so this makes me so emotional. So this program called Second Story, writing your second story about food, ended up being me writing my second story with my relationship with my mom. And I didn't expect it. I didn't set out to do it. And it's been one of the greatest gifts of my life, my whole life, which is saying something. So I've got amazing gifts in my life. So we started out the program. And part of the program is about learning how to love yourself because no one has ever hated themselves into a better life. And we really have to learn our power and our identity in order to be able to say, this is hard, I can't do it. Well, yes, I can do it, because I've done this, this, and this, and I have this, this, and this amazing trait, which means I can do anything. When we can connect to those things, we really feel empowered, and we can sit through uncomfortable food cravings and moments that otherwise we may have been quitting because we don't have a good reputation with ourselves. So in this first program, I had a weekly call with every single person in my program, including my mom. 
And so there was this one particular call where I had said, you know, did you do the identity worksheet? Can you tell me some of the things, the good things about yourself? And my mom had a really hard time listing anything nice about herself. And it hit me so hard. My, my mom's got amazing traits. My mom and I have a story. There's been lots of hurts and all these different things in my 43 years. But my mom is a beautiful soul. My mom has amazing traits. My mom is really smart, really strong, really determined. My mom is an amazing person. And I've spent so much time with this angst from the past that, that I, I, haven't, I haven't focused on all of the amazing traits that my beautiful, amazing mother has. And she couldn't even list them. I said, Mom, can't you come up with anything? She's like, no, I just don't think there's anything that great about me. And it broke my heart so hard. I was on a walk. I was in, in Washington, D.C. visiting my friend, and I was on a walk doing my call with her. And I just remember, I remember the street. I remember everything I was seeing when it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, my mommy doesn't see her own beauty. And I haven't helped her see her own beauty. I've been focusing on, like, the story of hurt and all of this stuff saying that I want to forgive and, and, and postulating that I want to move forward, which I had to the best of my ability, but here's a part of me that hadn't, I hadn't learned this part yet. So I started telling her some of the things that I knew about her. I'm like, Mom, I was there. You know, you made sure we had food on the table. We had nothing growing up. Like, my parents had such a hard time financially. My dad worked all the time, lived hand to mouth. My mom had no shame. She went and stood in line and got us government cheese and powdered eggs and didn't have any shame in doing that, so we had food to eat. She planted our garden, took over the whole backyard. She planted food. In the hot summer, she canned food, and so we'd have food in the wintertime to eat. This is like old school 1900 stuff we did in the 80s because we didn't know if we were going to eat because my dad's business dried up in the wintertime. Um, driving down to Iowa and getting sweet corn and, and, and putting it up in the freezer and then canning it all in hot summer days, just all of this laborious thing, so we had food to eat. And my mom cleaned houses for people that were really, really terrible to her. And then she was the breakfast manager at Hardee's and got up at the 3 in the morning and made biscuits till her fingers cracked. And she homeschooled us. And she took us to, yes, it was cold church, but it was driving super far to get us there because she had a passion and she believed in it. And while I don't believe in it, my mom believed in it and she did the best that she could. And better than most people would do. And the fact that she didn't know that, it broke my heart. And being able to say to my mom the beautiful things that I saw in her, it just it cracked this little thing in me that I didn't know was hard. And then one of the other assignments was to write a love letter to yourself. Just write something nice to yourself. And she couldn't do it. And it was another moment of just breaking my heart of like, my mommy, my mommy can't write something nice to herself. Have I ever written anything nice to her? Not enough. And so I really wanted to cultivate a more genuine love for my mom. So I started this visualization practice because I'm like, all right, I love my mom, my mom loves me, but there's all these buts and all of these pains and stories and resentments and all these things. And so I went back in my mind's eye to, okay, when is the moment when my love with my mom and my mom's love with me was the purest and that was when I was first born I imagine because I think about my son the moment the doctor put that little baby boy in front of me I loved him there's never been more powerful pure love 
ever than the moment I looked at my baby. And did my son do anything to deserve that? Had he said a word? No, he didn't have to do anything. He just was. I am Stephen. And I was loved with the most love in the entire universe that was in me instantly. And so I started to close my eyes every day and imagine my mom in a hospital bed and a doctor handing her me and how she would look at me and the love that was right there. And I would feel it in my heart and I would feel it and I feel it right now. And it was so powerful and it erased all the other stuff and nothing else mattered. And I, I would just do that over and over again. So then when I would think of my mom, instead of a story or a pain or a guarded feeling, when I think of my mom, my head says, oh, hi, mommy. Like, it's this instant reaction. I've reprogrammed my thoughts about my mom. I've reprogrammed my brain and my heart connection with my mom because before anything ever happened, before any story was written between my mom and I, mistakes, failures, prides, joys, any of that, there was love, and that love never went away. It's been covered up in the narrative of culture and disappointment and frustration and blah, blah, blah. But that love is there and it's always been there. And it's powerful and it's all that matters. It's all that matters. And it's just transformed, it's, it's transformed me and it's transformed how I look at my mom, how I think about my mom. I, when I think about my mom, I have nothing but love. The rest of it doesn't matter. The rest of it happened. It doesn't matter. And I do the same thing now with my sister. I think about my sister when my mom saw her for the first time. And I imagine being a spectator and how beautiful that moment was. And my sister and I don't have a relationship right now and it's just, it's really tough. I love my sister so much. I talk about it a lot. Um, but recently I did a breathwork session with my friend Mandy and um, similar to hypnosis but it's just a breathing pattern that gets you your mind to kind of shut down and gets your subconscious to take over and it brought up these feelings with my sister again of why 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 can't I put my sister into a happy place in my heart I've managed to do this work with my mom and I was groaning and sobbing and I had this image of my mom holding me in the hospital and my sister, who would have been not quite two, tiptoeing up and kissing me on the cheek. And I felt it, and I felt it so strong. And again, that love, I felt that love. My sister loved me. She didn't know me, she just met me in that moment and it was love. And the narrative since then doesn't matter. The narrative and all of the mistakes and the failures and the blah, 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 it covers up that moment of just love. And when I came out of that breathwork session, you guys, I felt like there was something on my cheek. I felt like there was a sticker and it lasted for a couple of weeks where I felt like I kept going like on my face, wiping my face, because I thought there was something on my face because I felt her kiss. And it just, it changed everything. My sister still doesn't call me. She still probably doesn't like me, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what matters? The only thing that matters is love. Love is all there is. It doesn't mean that she likes me. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna call her up and ask her over and have a big long chat and nothing ever, ever happened. 
But when I think about my sister, I just want to think about the love. And I just want to feel the love. And that is what is there. And that is what wins. And it's the greatest feeling. And so for all of these podcasts and all of this stuff that I've talked about with my family and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I feel like I've finally reached this point where none of that stuff didn't happen. It all happened. It all affected people. It's not like you say nothing mattered, nothing happened. But now as we move forward in our lives as human beings, the most important thing is that that love that was there from the very beginning never went away. And if I continue to focus on that and live on that and live in that and give that back to them in person and then also in my heart and in my head, when I think of something with my sister that's painful, I, I go back to that little kiss and say, okay, that's the love. Now how do I feel? Well, yeah, that still isn't great, and I still don't like that, but I love her, and she loves me. She did in that moment. She does. The love doesn't die. Love doesn't die. It doesn't go anywhere. It's the most powerful force ever. It doesn't go anywhere. It still exists. It's still there. So I'm just so grateful for the transformation, the second story of me and my mom, and I saw my parents recently for dinner when I was in Minnesota and just sitting there chatting with them and it was such a different feeling to sit with them. I was looking at my mom and I just, I was full of love. I wanted to love on her. I wanted to, I, I wanted to engage with her. I didn't have walls up. I sat next to my dad and I wanted to touch him and I wanted to engage with him. That love was winning all the things. It's powerful. I encourage you to try it. Put yourself into the little baby that you were, into the arms of your mom or your dad the first time they met you and soak in that feeling. So it's love. That's all there is. That's all that matters. The end. <laughs>that's all I have for you today in this episode. I'm so happy you listened. And if you got any value out of this episode, I'd really love it if you took a second and just send a link directly to a couple people in your life. It's one thing to say, hey, I love this podcast and tell your friends. But when you send them a link directly, if they're anything like me, they're a lot more likely to listen or to follow your advice. So take a second, just go ahead and copy the link and send it to a couple people. I would really appreciate it. Once people listen to this podcast and I find a following, it makes it really easy for me to reach more people. And that is my goal here with this podcast. Also, if you listen on iTunes, you can leave a review, which also really helps. And um, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on Spotify and also here on Anchor. Thanks so much for listening. You can reach out directly to me too. You can find me on Instagram, the Kristen experience. And you can also email me Kristen at kristensmithonline.com.